landmark episode in this season of the Tony G Show. I always get happy when we cross episode number 10 of a season because of season four. Remember, we're Coronas had us sent home. We couldn't do Tony G shows. 10 episodes in season four. That's all we had. We'd be at like 150 by now. Probably would be. Well, maybe not. Well, speaking of that countdown, we're at episode number 97 of the Tony G Show. I'm Tony G. That's Will McCormick. Hi, Will. How you doing? I'm doing good, Tony. How you doing? Don't lie to me. (laughs) I'm a little bit stressed. He's stressed. Will McCormick coming in today, a big sigh, sitting down, trying to figure stuff out. A couple big exams on the way for Will. Yep. That's all right. It's part of school. I guess so. Does it have to be? Should we just drop out and do the Tony G show? Like every day? Get famous (laughs) for it? I mean, yeah. Why not? Yeah. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not dropping out. Who's going to stop? I'm in too deep. Wow. Okay. Whatever. Fine then. Drop out on me. All right, good episode we got planned for you today. Threw it together pretty much today, the majority of today. All right, let's preview the show. We're going to start off with an NFL offseason quarterback spotlight. You remember how we discussed on Tuesday the NFC West, and we discussed, who was it? J.J. Watt to the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. We discussed Russell Wilson, and then we got in a conversation about Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray talking about which was better. So we're going to have that discussion today. You and I, NFL offseason quarterback spotlight, both Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray. Then segment number two, we're going to have our Badgers expert Ben Farrell on the show. What do you think about that? Yeah, should be fun. Yep, he is He is my Badgers expert, the Badger expert of the Tony G show, the student video coordinator for the Badgers football team. He's a student at Uni- University of Wisconsin, and he represents Bird Talk Podcast. So... We're going to have him on the show talking about Badgers basketball, um, kind of previewing their tournament run, their seeding, where they're going to fall out in. Their season finale, regular season finale, is this Sunday at Iowa, so we'll ask him about that game, ask him about certain particulars of the season, and all stuff Badgers basketball today with Ben Farrell. Look forward to that interview coming up. And then the third segment to end off the show, just going to have a discussion about Major League Baseball and the teams allowing fans to stadiums for games in 2021. We'll talk about what that means for baseball, what it means to the players and the fans. It's obviously good news, but we're going to have a discussion about that to end the show. Tony G Show drops Tuesdays, Thursdays, Apple Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Getting ahead of myself here. (laughs) Twitters, follow Will at Willis5312. Follow me at Tony G Show. And let's get into a good show plan today. This is the Tony G Show. McCormick, how you doing? I mean, the kid. Uh, let me explain. Let me paint this picture for Tony G Nation. We come out of the intro song. I take a look at Will McCormick, and his hand is on his eyes, like his face is in his hand, like a face palm type of deal. I just legitimately face palmed that, and even. I mean, you're going through it right now, man. Just yeah, short wicked. I think is the way to put <laughs> I think it. That's a great term, because I mean, I'm starting to feel it off you, man. Yeah. I feel for you. 
It's okay. We can get into a good argument then coming up into segment one. <laughs> yeah. Will's going to jump down my throat here. I'm going to get soon. after you like you did to that baseball coach. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tony LaRusa. Spoiled milk. All right. Let's get into it. NFL offseason quarterback spotlight. Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray. Two for one. Two for the price of one for you, Tony G Nation. You are welcome. Courtesy of Will McCormick and I and the Tony G Show. Let's start with Matthew Stafford. Remember, very experienced veteran player, quarterback from the Detroit Lions. Got mm-hmm. traded to the Los Angeles Rams. A couple of draft picks were swapped in that deal, as well as Jared Goff, who is now a Lion. The discussion that we're going to have today about Matthew Stafford and later Kyler Murray. We're going to talk about what Matthew Stafford means to an organization at this point in his career. We're not going to have a discussion about what he was like in his prime or this or that. What does he mean right now? So let's go there. Let's start there. Matthew Stafford right now, to me, let's look at the negatives first. We'll get to the positives later. The negatives. Injury prone. At this point in his career, he's dealt with a lot of injuries already. And I think in a NFC West where the defenses are very, very aggressive, especially those of which the 49ers and now the Cardinals adding J.J. Watt, and especially the Seahawks with their Legion of Boom. Granted, it's not what it was when they won Super Bowls or went to Super Bowls, but it's still a very good defense. So him, moving to that division, he now needs to be protected. And the Rams do have a very good offensive line. I think they have one of the top five offensive lines in football. I don't know if the numbers show that. I think I've heard they've kind of been up and down with it. But I know they have a lot of big guys, a lot of strong guys. So that's going to help Matthew Stafford in the long term. But remember, all it takes is that one hit. And you could say that for any player, let alone quarterback, let alone Matthew Stafford. All it takes is one hit, one play, and their season's over. We've seen it with Aaron Rodgers. We've seen it with Tom Brady. Big Ben. Big Ben. That's another one. All it takes is that one split second and Matthew Stafford, or Alex Smith. How about that one? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. All it takes is that one split second for that hit to cause Matthew Stafford in that trade to be completely erroneous. How do you like that word, Will? Say it again. Erroneous. Put it in a sentence. I just did. <laughs> erroneous. I'm trying that, to catch you slipping. That kind of means irrelevant, I think. I think. Pretty sure. Look that up for me. Erroneous. Break up my pocket dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, that would regard this trade Irrelevant to the outcome of the season. Erroneous. Matthew Stafford needs to be protected in L.A. That is Mm. the bottom line. Spelled E-R-R-O-N-E-O-U-S. Definition. Wrong. Or incorrect. Dang. Well, I mean, it kind of fits in. Yeah, kind of. It kind of fits in. Because then it would just prove the trade to be kind of useless for the Rams. There you go. Because Matthew Stafford was, of course, the key piece in that deal. So to me, this isn't about this isn't a conversation about the talent of Matthew Stafford. We know what he can do, and, and we're going to get there in a second. There's arm strength and this and that. This is about keeping him protected. This is about keeping him strong, keeping him healthy. And like I said, it's yeah, it's the same thing for every other team. Of course, you want to keep your quarterback healthy, but it's different here because of the history of Matthew Stafford, because of his fragile bones that he's at now. Guy's been through a lot. He's been through a lot in Detroit. I mean, going through something like that can make or break you. And Matthew Stafford's still here grinding, still here playing, still here committing to a team. 
And that says a lot about his character and who he is as a leader, which is a positive that I'm going to mention here in about two, three minutes about Matthew Stafford. But regardless, what Detroit did to him is going to have an effect on him for the rest of his career and even life with some of the injuries he has sustained. Some of these injuries to his ribs, his shoulders, I mean, this is stuff that goes, that he'll carry with him for a lifetime. Let alone the rest of his career. Detroit messed him up. You think so? I do think so. I, I honestly do. L.A. is either going to get a bag of bones or they're going to get an above-average quarterback. What do you think it's about like, that? Well, yeah, they're they're, they're going to get like a little bit better than Goff or it's going to be way worse. Yep. Is, what, is your take? All right. Yep. It's not going to be anything in between. You're not going to get miraculous Matthew Stafford in his prime, which Detroit, you could argue, wasted. I Yeah. I mean, I don't really... I feel like he has a lot to bring yet. You do? Yeah. I think he still has talent. I think he still has leadership capabilities. He has very good decision-making, and you know we might as well segue this into the positives, which is exactly what I'm listing. And about that talent, remember, yeah, he has arm strength, but how about his arm angles that he throws at? Mm-hmm. He can go to that, three, uh, that three-quarter slaughter, the sidearm, over the top, almost like a baseball pitcher. The guy can do it all. And here's in terms a, of arm angles. And there's a, a point I want to bring up that not many people talk about when they mention Stafford, but there's a stat. Touchdowns thrown with a dislocated shoulder. I believe he there's leads the league. There's a stat? No, I'm joking. He's oh. he's made a... That's like <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a real thing. But no, I get your point. Yeah, th- that's a pretty famous clip. If you guys live under a rock, there's a, a <laughs> video of Stafford making a... I think it's a game-winning touchdown pass with oh, yeah, a dislocated yeah. shoulder. I've seen that. And pretty much everyone brings that up, so I was kind of acting like I was the first one to discover that. I mean, I'm sure that's a stat that should be kept somewhere because the guy ha- is tough mm-hmm. and he is strong. Yeah. How many touchdown passes has Kyler Murray thrown with a dislocated shoulder? Oh, uh, you know, we'll get to Kyler Murray in a second, but <laughs> as long as... You see, that's the thing with Kyler Murray is he a little more mobile. Alabama, a little, little more mobile than Matthew Stafford is. So that kind of keeps think, him healthy. I think we're in different camps here. I think we are too. Let's wait for Kyler Murray for a second here. Let's wrap up the Matthew Stafford discussion. I think with Matthew Stafford, and you can comment on this as well, Will. Yes, it's important that he stays healthy, which I've been saying this entire segment. But it's also important that he mixes with his teammates. He finds this chemistry. And that's something I don't think people are talking about. Because, yeah, Matthew Stafford's a likable guy. Everyone in the NFC North loved him in terms of, you know, when when games would end and players would come to the middle of the field. Matthew Stafford has a lot of respect around the league for his character. But this is Los Angeles. This isn't Detroit, Michigan anymore. This is L.A. This is big-time ball. They're both pretty brutal cities. They're both pretty brutal in their own respects. <laughs> not Not brutal just like, but, I mean, it's a city. I don't know how I put it like that, but it's just, it's not. I don't know why you not, it's not. Like a, it's not small either. town Green Bay. It's not like no, everyone. No, that's what I'm saying. This is big egos. This is big city. Right. And I'm not saying this that is Green, Bay is, Green Bay is not cutthroat, but I mean, people here are pretty friendly. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm getting well, at. Well, it's, it's not East Lansing, Michigan. You right. Know? It's not. L.A. is a little bit different. L.A. is, like I said, big ego, big money, and you, you're going to have to mix with some personalities there. You're going to have to make it work. That's something I don't think people are talking about. Remember I when, think you'll make it work. Yeah, he... Is there going to be a problem when they're winning? He may. He may make it work. But what about his teammates? Uh I don't know the the character of his teammates. I mean, when you're talking about making the switch from L.A. to Detroit, which is something Jared Goff has to do, which is something that 
Blake Griffin had to do. Mm. Remember that? Clippers yeah. to the Pistons? He's fallen off. That's and because <laughs> he went to Detroit from <laughs> L.A. But that's the point I'm making, is that these are two different cities, and no one's talking about the challenges Matthew Stafford may have to face in Los Angeles. Yeah, they'll win. You, know, you say that like it's easy, like it's easy money, like it's a given. I don't know that it is. I don't think people are looking that far into it or looking into it at a level that they should. Matthew Stafford, let me put it this way, he has to do more off the field than he does on the field, I think. He'll produce. No one's worried about that. I get that. And I'll buy into that. And like I said, he's he has great character, very well respected around the league. But he has to make this work in big money, big ego, big mouth Los Angeles. My rebuttal is that if they win, nobody's going to say anything. Which they will win. win they're going to be what? winning. They're going to be winning. They're going to have a winning season. They're going to have a winning season. I'm not going to say that they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I think they have that ability. Yeah. I I see the talent there and the potential and the coaching, certainly. But I, I just caution you that it's not going to be as easy as I think people are making it. I people think so. are. It's almost like when Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay and people wanted to write them as the Super Bowl champions in August. And granted, they did win it. Mm-hmm. But I remember Bruce Arians say that, saying that, that you guys wanted to crown us a lot, the Lombardi Trophy in August, and that's not how it works. It's the same thing here. Well, no one that. is talking about how easy or difficult it's going to be for Matthew Stafford in L.A. It's different Stafford's a better QB than Goff. Yes, I would agree. I would agree, but why didn't Jared Goff work there? Because he's average. But we've said it multiple times on the show that you can win with an average quarterback. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, I got right. Will McCormick against the wall here. You're, no, you're right, but Stafford, like, I always say this. It's like putting Aaron Rodgers in a system like that. You need a quarterback to make three to five incredible throws a game. Stafford can do that. Goff cannot mm. on a consistent basis. That, I think, I think you're right. I'd agree with you. Matthew Stafford does have but I would that say, ability over Jared Goff. At least maybe a little bit more. Maybe not like totally, but mm-hmm. I think, and unless maybe his age plays into that too. But anyways, you're wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong, I'm right. Okay, Will McCormick. The Will McCormick show. Remember how we discussed how I've been saying this uh, about the character of Matthew Stafford and his respect mm-hmm. around the league and he does have a lot and i'm sure you know he'll he'll make it work he'll find a way to make it work in la i'm not saying he won't i'm just saying it won't be as easy but let's use that respect piece as a pivot point to kyler murray does he have it around the league does he have it around the division the way that matthew stafford had it around the nfc north i don't think so and granted arizona is not la it is not chicago it is not miami it's arizona it's a it's a market that's bigger than a Green Bay, or it's a market that's bigger than a, I don't know, give me a small market. Cleveland. Jacksonville. Cleveland. Is Cleveland considered small market? I would consider them. I, I would. At this point. At, uh, yeah. I don't know the numbers, but yeah, I, w- I would agree. At one point, they were. Here's what I want to say about Kyler Murray. Is the thing that worries me about him, remember we did the negatives first with Matthew Stafford and then we went to the positives. We'll do the same thing with Kyler Murray. The thing that worries me about Kyler Murray is his character. I don't have that worry with Matthew Stafford. My worry with Matthew Stafford is his health and making that transition to small market, to big market. My worry with Kyler Murray is his character. And I've said it before on the show and I'll, I'll, I'll admit when I'm wrong, I'm an honest guy. I don't think he's that great of a leader. Mm. He can be a captain. He can mm-hmm. be a leader. He can be, but the character 
that he shows when his team is down yeah. or when they lose is something worth noting. That's a red flag mm-hmm. to me and owners around the NFL. It's like Cam Newton at the Super Bowl. It's exactly the same thing. He comes into his press conference moping and giving these short answers, not very insightful. The bad body language on the sidelines, sitting on the bench, you know, kind of shoulders tucked in, not very broad. But when they win, it's completely different. Right. And not that you shouldn't be sad that you lost. I mean, that's right. a big deal. You want to be. You don't want someone happy when they lose. Right. But, it's almost like they don't care. But you need to be analytical about it. You yes. can't just be like, shut, close all your doors. And here's the thing that I look for in a leader or a captain is I want their, I, I want consistency between when they win and when they lose their character. Mm-hmm. I want them to be insightful in press conferences. I want them to go out and shake as many players' hands as they can in postgame, whether they win or lose. I want them to be smiling and positive. And leading the charge, leading their team, building guys up on the field, on the sideline, whether you're winning or losing. That's something I see with Drew Locke in Denver. I see, oh my gosh, I see that in Drew Locke. Mm -hmm. That's why I love him so much. Yeah. Kyler Murray, I don't know if I see that. The reason why I love Kyler Murray the way I love Kyler Murray, I'm a big advocate for him, is because of his talent. Great arm strength. Great running ability. Scrambling. Moving out of the pocket. I mean, if you've seen him run, it's like watching a running back. The guy's elusive, he's fast, he's quick, he's agile, and dangerous. So when you take all that together, you bunch up everything that we've discussed so far. Everything about Matthew Stafford, the positives and the negatives. You, you bunch up everything we said about Kyler Murray, the positives and the negatives. Who is the better or more favorable quarterback to head into the 2020 season with? Okay. Don't look at team situations. Don't look at the division situation. Look at and, and and don't look at the past seasons. Like I said, Matthew Stafford. Don't look at him in his prime. I want to know Matthew Stafford right now. Kyler Murray right now. Mm-hmm. Who would you rather have leading your team? Stafford. Murray. Stafford, hands down. Kyler yeah, let Murray. Me, let me let me propose a counter argument to. We talked about or you mentioned injury risk of injury with Stafford. Yep. Who is more likely to get injured this season? A running back, a quarterback, or a quarterback who pocket passes? I agree. A, a running I get the point you're trying to allude to here. A quarterback that scrambles is far more likely to get injured. But but that being said, he's younger. He is younger. Body bounces back a little quicker. It recovers a little bit better. Matthew Stafford is borderline a bag of bones. Oh man, I don't know. I think you're I think it. you're cutting him short. I could be. And listen, I, let me clarify because I don't think it's going to be a bad situation. I think it'll work out. I think they'll have success. But what I'm saying is that it won't be as easy as people think. Right. He's I mean, going to take a hit in week three that's going to knock him out of the game, send him to the locker room or something like that. Maybe he'll come back after halftime. It'll be a situation like that. And heads will start to turn to this idea that no one's looking at right now. No one's talking about his injury-prone ability. I say ability, his injury-prone characteristics or his traits. That's just, I'm just warning people. This is what's going to happen. Oh, man, I... Even so that's though, why I'd rather take Kyler Murray, and especially his upside. I mean, I don't want to look into, you know, the future because I want to keep this heading into just 2021. Then you take Stafford. No, I'd still take Murray. His Stafford's talent, a better talent. I don't think so. I, I disagree. His arm is way better than Murray. Sure. But Kyler Murray can rush for 100 yards a game. Kyler Murray almost led the league in rushing touchdowns last Man, season. Man, I, 
historically running or not running backs, but historically scrambling quarterbacks last six years. I agree. See, but that's also the case here. You're right. Just you're right. You're right. 2021. Okay. So still, I would think I would take Stafford. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'd take Murray. I and would. I know where, I, I know and remember, where, I put him in the MVP discussion last year, and I think he's going to be right up there again this year. And I, and I know we're not supposed to talk about the teams, but team-wise, the Cardinals are insanely average compared situation. to situation. Yeah, yeah, compared to the Rams. The and Rams' defense is nasty. I see. I don't think people are giving the Cardinals, and we can talk about the teams a little bit. I didn't mean to completely shut out the teams here, but you know, I just wanted to focus the discussion on the players instead of the teams. I think the Cardinals' defensive situation is better than what people are crediting them with. Yeah, it's good. I think it's good. We talked about the Rams. it. It's it's average to slightly above average. It depends how they play with each other. And like you said, is it better than the Rams? No, I don't think so. Defensive player, what a 15, 16, 17 time defensive player of the year award, Aaron Donald. <laughs> I mean, in a good secondary as well. Mm-hmm. Good pass rushers overall in Los Angeles. But I think it's the same thing, almost. Yeah, almost in Arizona. Not as talented. Not as much of a team sort of play you know the rams is a full like team's full defensive play and in arizona it's more so you know parts and pieces certain players i think arizona does have potential to be los angeles caliber rams though mm-hmm. i think they have potential for that no one's talking about the defensive situation of i'm los not denying angeles, that I even think... before jj watt right i'm a big chandler jones guy yeah he's a solid player so i think there's upside in the defense for arizona and even now that they added jj watt who you know, like like we discussed Tuesday, are you getting eight games a year, J.J. Watt, 12 games a year, or are you getting 16 games a year, J.J. Watt? And that's a huge right. factor as well. We mentioned how Kyler Murray, and when he was losing, the way he faced adversity was just not favorable. Yeah. It was not something that you want to see out of a starting quarterback. Yeah. And when we compare that to Stafford, the dude's lost his whole career. Yep. His entire career. He has lost. So and down. when you're when you're looking at quarterbacks here and you're comparing like you know okay I think we have a losing season, who do you want le- leading your team still? I still think I got to go with Stafford just because he's gonna have that mental fortitude fortitude to be like look this is gonna be a terrible season but we can get through this and rebuild and because he's still been compete. through it he's yeah. been through it for years his whole career. There's Dude, been seasons where they haven't won a game. Here's where I'm gonna add on to this argument. Relate this back to the. A comparison we're having between Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray. Would would you argue the same thing for Kyler Murray? Guy hasn't won a lot. Guy hasn't been to the playoffs. It's still a young coaching regime. Cliff Kingsbury still has just about as many years in the NFL under his belt as Kyler Murray does. So isn't it the same thing? Mm, Granted, ah. it's not as many years. I get it. It's not elongated over the stretch of an entire NFL career for Matthew Stafford. Kyler Murray has only been around for a couple years. But wouldn't you argue it's the same thing? He's not winning a whole lot. He's not going to the playoffs year after year. And even when they do go to the playoffs, it's not going to be a very deep playoff run. They're not going to get a win from the Super Bowl. So I'd argue it's almost the same thing. If you're going to argue wins and losses, Kyler Murray's been through it. He's been through struggle and you know, not having talent to deal with. And now he does. Now he has a DeAndre Hopkins and a J.J. Watt on the other side to pair with Chandler Jones, Buda Baker on that defensive secondary. Now now I think they're set up for a chance to win. And if you gave me Arizona's team, like I said, you know, take take it with a grain of salt, the teams in their situations, because we're not going to dive into that, even though we kind of have. 
if you gave me the Cardinals roster, I'd rather Kyler Murray than Matthew Stafford. Yeah, because that's kind of a young geared team. I think sure. that I, I I don't think the Rams are better suited for Stafford in his play style. I like that. I like how you put that. That that I can get behind. If okay. you okay, so almost the same thing. Now, if I gave you like I said, give me the Cardinals situation, I'd have Kyler Murray. If I had the Rams situation, who would I who would I rather have? You'd still go Matthew Stafford, of course. I'll make the argument for Kyler Murray. That's a young that's a young team too. Not as young, mm-hmm. but not as old as Matthew Stafford. That's right. a young, innovative team with potential and upside. Especially in the future. I'd still take Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is a top seven or eight quarterback in the NFL. I wouldn't really? say top five. No. But top seven or eight. Matthew Stafford, it, I'd go top me, ten. Top t- I'd give him ten. Stafford's better high than side. Murray. Um how many seasons in Detroit has Stafford been over five hundred? Just throw me a number. Two. Four. 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 How many years has he been eight and eight? Um, none. None. Okay, he, so he's, he's gone been... seven and nine, seven and nine, nine and seven, nine and seven. <sighs> so like just barely over five. How many times has he won? Has he won over ten games in a season? Twice. Twice. <laughs> he went ten and six in twenty eleven, and eleven and five in twenty fourteen. Okay. Murray's gone. First season they went uh, five and ten and one, and then. In this most recent season, they went eight and eight. Hmm. So I feel like record-wise, obviously Stafford's had like quadruple the amount of years seasons. Under his belt, yeah. So it's hard. To, it's almost hard to compare the losing aspect to it. But I feel like on the surface, I just keep bringing it back to that. But I feel like on the surface, Stafford's the better leader. He's yeah. the better leader, and in facing adversity, I take Stafford over Murray ten times out of ten. So times. let me, as we wrap up this conversation, we got about two or three minutes left. Let me throw this at you then with this leadership that you keep bringing up. And yeah. I like I like your points. Mm-hmm. I like how you're alluding to Stafford's leadership compared to Murray, which is something I've also said. And, you know, uh, I've expressed my displeasure with Kyler Murray as a leader after games, after losses. Now let's look at the team situation, though. Which team is in need of a leader at quarterback? Which team already has those young leaders? Which team is more suited to... Which team is more suited to not have a leader at quarterback? I never think it hurts to have too many leaders. I would agree, it, but well, I would disagree to a, as well. To, to, a, to a sense. You need to have leaders who are capable of working with each other. Yeah. You can't have leaders who bash heads. But if you look at the Cardinals situation, now you have J.J. Watt leading the defense. He'll be a captain. Mm-hmm. What about DeAndre Hopkins on offense? You know? I, th- I think... This is a really. I'm excited to watch these guys play out the season. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the NFC to watch East the... goes. I think regardless, and we have this whole conversation, this whole quarterback spotlight. I think regardless, it's going to be the 49ers to take the division. I think they're going to have a bounce back year. Though, really, if they're healthy. Yeah. I think. I think Rams run with the division. I'm almost willing to bet like ten bucks right now. We can bet on it. Really, I bet you, I bet you the um the Rams will beat the the Cardinals in both games, both divisional games. The Rams will beat the car. They'll sweep the Cardinals. Yeah, they'll sweep the Cardinals this year. Almost willing to put money on it. I I'll disagree. shake your hand right now if you want to do it. I mean, we're far away. Okay. Actually, yeah, wait. COVID safe. We'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll, I mean, you want to take that bet? Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. What, what is, what is it? The, so the if, bet? if, if the Rams, is sweep, it sweeping or getting sweep. the playoffs? Who takes the division? If the Rams sweep the Cardinals, 
division divisional play. So just the two games. Okay. So if they go one and one, I lose. You know, if, or yep. if you, they basically have to beat them both times. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I really do will. not think that's going to happen. The only way I see it not happening is that the Rams are fifteen and zero, and they <laughs> and they sit all their starters. <laughs> that would still count. That would count towards me winning. <laughs> go ahead, Rams. It, yeah, but that's if they get to fifteen and zero. Come on, that means they got to go through the Forty ers twice. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm just. I'm just. Forty ers are going to be my my choice for the Super Bowl. Remember, we discussed that a couple weeks, or a couple shows ago, I should say. So I do think they're going to have the division. Yeah, that's our conversation. Good conversation. Mm-hmm. It's something that I think we should revisit in season seven of the Tony G Show when the NFL 2021 season gets going. But it is that time to move on in the Tony G Show. Important second segment coming up here. So with that, we'll turn to our Badgers expert, Ben Farrell. The reason Ben Farrell is our Badgers expert is because he's a student video coordinator for the Badgers football team, a student at the University of Wisconsin, and also a member of the Bird Talk podcast, Sports Talk, just like the Tony G Show. You can follow him at Twitter at Bird Talk Pod and at BenjiFarrell23. Ben, my friend, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be finally on the Tony G Show. <laughs> You've been waiting for this moment for a while, haven't you? I have. I've been pumped. I've been listening ever since it's been on Apple Podcast. Great to finally be on. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I can't wait to get your insights because I know you know more about Badgers basketball than I think I or will do. So we'll head right into it here. Wisconsin basketball ends their season Sunday in Iowa. Number 25 ranked Badgers, number 5 ranked Iowa. Preview this game for us and what implications, if any, does this season finale hold for the Badgers? Well, unfortunately, I don't think that the game's going to go too well. Um, we played already at Wisconsin. I was not a great matchup for Wisconsin because we have two big guys, but they're both a little bit weak in the post. And Iowa has probably the national player of the year, Luca Garza, on their team. Yep. So, unfortunately, I think down low we get dominated. We get out-rebounded pretty handily. Um, really our only hope is if we can keep ourselves in it with shooting, whether that's Trice or Ford or Davison, we just, that's our only hope in this game pretty much. Let's talk about this sort of up and down season that Wisconsin has had. Is there a certain game that you look at as a turning point for the Badgers basketball team or a missed opportunity to project themselves in the conference or standings in general? Is there a certain point in this season that you look back on and think, man, that could have gone differently? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, the big game that I would point to was the Michigan game at home. We had, I think it was a 13-point lead at half. At the time, we were sitting at 9-5 and five in conference, and we ended up blowing a huge lead. We ended up losing by eight, and since then, we've lost to Iowa, lost to Illinois, lost to Purdue. We're 1-4, including that game, so um, that's kind of sent us into this tailspin that it almost seems like the Badgers shouldn't even be in the tournament, but Thankfully, early in the season, they played some of the weaker teams in the Big Ten and took care of business in those games. Yeah, also that loss to Marquette kind of didn't help their case at all either. Yeah, those conference no. games and those in-state games are, are really important for the Badgers basketball team. and didn't seem like they got, they got many of those on their side this year. And part of the reason, yeah. I think, is because one of the big dogs that Badgers basketball fans and, and even the team themselves were waiting on to kind of flip the switch and have a good season was the 6'11 senior Nate Reavers. What, what's up with the season he's been having? What happened to him? Yeah, I. it's a little bit weird. He came in as that skinny freshman kid with the long arms, and 
you kind of, I think every big Badger fan was thinking, oh, this could be our next Frank Kaminsky. And honestly, the last couple of years, he, I mean, he wasn't quite on the same track as Kaminsky, obviously, but he was playing like one, like he could be one of the better big men in the league. And this year, he just has completely lost it. He's shooting the ball okay, especially from mid-range, but one shocking stat that I just found out is he's, like you said, 6'11". He is Wisconsin's seventh leading rebounder per game this year, which is just mind-blowing. And he just gets pushed around inside, and he blocks some shots, but he's just not doing enough to help the team. Yeah, I think I had that conversation. I forget who I was talking to about that. That it seems like he's just not playing big, and he needs to, like you said, six eleven. I mean, he's just not playing that dominant like you, like people thought that he would have. Someone else yeah. that I'd like to mention here, Greg Gard, head coach. A couple seasons ago, basketball fans, including myself, thought that Greg Gard was kind of on his way out the door, and he saved himself. He stuck around, kind of kept. Badgers basketball in the mix, competitive, and right now they're ranked number 25. What do you think the future is for Greg Gard? I think that it's completely going to depend on next year's team. I think that this year is kind of in a tough limbo because he has guys like Davison and Trevor Anderson, the key part of the rotation, and we just unfortunately don't really have the athletes to compete against a lot of those Big Ten teams right now in transition. And I think that if he can show with upcoming recruits that have – seemingly a lot more athleticism if he can change his ways and hopefully we start playing more athletically and playing up tempo then i'm not too worried about it but if he just tries to stick and can't change in the middle of games i just think that he could be on his way out unfortunately yeah and it's also unfortunate to try to deal with coronavirus too and everything that I mean, that certainly hasn't gone to bold well for him or any other coach. I mean, look at the situation for Mike Krzyzewski and how he's kind of crumbled under that uh, that obstacle. So, moving forward with the rest of this season, make a prediction for the Badgers. Where do they rank? What's their conference standings going to look like? What's their seating in the tournament? They're sitting at sixth in the conference right now. I think that they end up in sixth. I I think that they're a game and a half off, so I'm pretty sure they're they're actually settled in the sixth. But I do, I think that we win one game in the conference tournament just because we'll get one of those weaker teams. And we have taken care of business. We, I mean, the only bad team we've lost to is Penn State. And so I think that we win one game in the conference tournament then get bounced against Iowa. And then, I mean, I think realistically we deserve probably an eight or nine seed. I think we'll probably end up getting a seven or six. And I, truthfully, I would be shocked if we don't lose in the first round. I think it's going to have to be almost a perfect matchup for us to beat a, a tournament-worthy team. Got one more question here for you, Ben, and then we'll, we'll let you get on with your studies. And this question doesn't come from me. It's coming from Will McCormick. Will. Looking forward to next season, what is their largest hole that this team needs to fill in order to be like 2011? They were made that uh, March Madness push. What is their biggest hole they need to fill right now? I think that the biggest hole looking at the roster right now and down the future and at some of our recruits, I think we're going to need some of our big guys to step up. We had the Frank Kaminsky. We had the Sam Decker. Those guys who could post anyone up and go get their own basket, but they also could play on the perimeter. And we're losing Potter and Reavers this year, most likely. We do have a couple young centers, but you just, you need those guys to develop more than anything. So I would say that that's 
probably the biggest hole in the future. We have good guards. We have uh, Johnny Davis is still going to be there, who's been a big part of the team. Um, we have Wall, who plays like a wing. And then we have Lauren Bowman, who just announced that he'll be coming back next year. He kind of had a few personal issues or family issues. And then we have a bigger crew from Nebraska coming in. So I think that the guard situation and the wing situation will be fine, but we just need one of those big guys to step up. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. Well, Ben, thanks for coming around the show. Uh, I think we'll definitely try to get you back in time for Badgers football season when you have time. Thanks for coming around, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. That's Ben Farrell here on the Tony G Show. Very good insight from our Badger expert, Ben Farrell. Thanks again to our friend Ben. It's always fun to get an outside perspective on things or, yep. or a different, you know, a different angle. Yep. Hear somebody else's uh, opinions. Getting the uh, Tony G Show experts. Speaking of experts, I just booked one without Will's permission. He doesn't know about it. This is the first time he's hearing about it. This is it. your show. Yeah. April 8th. It's hmm. a Thursday or a Thursday show. Cool. We'll be well over 100 episodes by then. That's the start of the Masters. We're going to have our golf expert, Jared Reinhardt. There we go. Yep. That'll be a good episode to listen to as well. That's the April 8th. We're going to have a expert on the show, one of the Tony G Show experts, golf expert, Jared Reinhardt on April 8th, so look forward to that. Let's wrap up this show talking about this story. Major League Baseball is letting fans into stadiums for 2021, their regular season, and that gives power to the teams to decipher what percentage they're going to allow in. Now, not every team is committed to allowing fans. In fact, there's one team that says fans are not allowed at games. And that's the Washington Nationals. Now, granted, it's not the Nationals that's, that are saying that. It's actually the District of Columbia. They denied the Washington Nationals limited capacity to their stadium and their games. Now, granted, that's not a permanent decision. They're going to revisit that decision in a couple weeks, which is right in time for opening day. That kind of makes sense, though, for the District, district of Columbia to not let them do that. I mean, how would it look Washington, if... Washington, D.C. Yeah, how would it look if the... Capital was allowing. You well, know, now if you're going to go on looks, I'm, I'm turning everything into an argument today. I guess I just feel like arguing. But if you're going to turn it into looks and how it looks for the government or whatever, or the District of Columbia, well, how does it look that they're the only team not letting fans in in Major League Baseball? They're in line with uh, the goals of people who are running the country right now, I guess. I suppose. I suppose. But it's still peculiar to me that this is the one team not allowing fans in. And granted, it's not the team decision, it's the District of Columbia. Teams that are allowing fans in, Arizona, Boston, Cincinnati and Cleveland, Colorado, Houston, Kansas City, Miami, Milwaukee, the New Yorks, Philly and Pittsburgh, and St. Louis. So pretty big markets, pretty big fan bases. Cheaters are allowing fans in. Whatever. <laughs> Houston? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, I'll but never like that, that big down. market, successful teams like uh, Boston or St. Louis with those big fan bases, those big prideful fan bases allowing teams in. Every other team is still undetermined, still kind of in the air, either on the most likely side or still completely undetermined. Let's talk about Milwaukee. Between 25 and 35%, about 14,700 fans. That's a good amount. Of the 42,200 that American Family Insurance Park Miller Stadium, Park. Whatever they call it now. I Don't get me started. Point is... 14,000 fans to games. Of course, they're going to be um, socially distanced. I think it's great 
for baseball to get back to letting fans in. Remember, it was so weird in uh, 2020 to not have fans in. And it goes for every sport, but especially baseball because of, you know, the fan interactions. I mean, just the lingering sound of fans being there at every game in between pitches. It just reminds you of summer, reminds you of baseball, reminds you of sports. I would be interested to see what the average attendance was prior to COVID. Yeah. Because it almost never is it so 100% filled. To further that insight, I'd be interested to see, and I think this is the same thing what you're saying, interested to see the impact that COVID has had on fan attendance once it gets back to 100% that, open. Yeah. Fans are allowing... Fan, stadiums are allowing fans back in. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the difference will be between right. the 2019, 2018, 2019 season and whenever fans are 100% allowed back in stadiums. Yeah, it'll be, and that's kind of where I was going with it too, but just to see, like, comparison-wise, if 14,700 fans, which is what is approximated for Milwaukee, if that's going to be somewhat close to what, you know, a quieter game would have been, yeah. would have been at. Yep. Which I agree. I am generally pretty COVID uh, safe. COVID safe. I'm very. I'm. Uh, I'm an advocate for being taking all precautions. And I find myself in the camp of allowing these games and people to show up. Granted that there is precautions in place because there's going to be masks and right, socially distanced. Right. Because if you're distanced from people, then not to say that's the safest you can be. Because the safest you can be is to stay home. But if you feel like putting yourself at risk and doing that, then at least you're doing the steps to, to protect yourself a little bit. Interesting point here I want to add, though, is what about situations where stadiums might not be able to have the most control over masking and socially distance, like parking lots and tailgates? Right. How about bathrooms? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, spaces it's, it's like not going to be perfect. What do you think about that? You look you look at it on here on campus. It's not perfect either. I mean, it's great. Students are really, really uh, doing their best a lot. Yeah. I would say about 95% of them are doing the best their their absolute best to to help everyone and to ensure everyone is safe, but you have that five percent, and that five percent is going to be everywhere that they yeah, you know, it's not they, just they a know, school thing or a right, stadium thing. Yeah. They know more than all the scientists do collectively. Yeah, walk into a Walmart, right? <laughs> and it'll be way more than five percent, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying, but it is it is good for baseball, especially because they have that issue of losing fans. Yep. So, or at least, or at least they think so. Yeah. Baseball thinks so thinks they're losing fans and they could be but they're just trying to cascade the game to everyday fans instead of diehard fans like I, Tony I, G. Yeah, I believe we talked about that in season 2. Yeah, oh, I've been talking about I've been blasting MLB for what they've been doing for years. They need to chill out with some of the things they're doing to speed up the game and whatnot. And I think they just mentioned they came out with a new story. I didn't look too far into it yesterday cuz it was last night. But they said there's I think they're keeping some of the changes they made for 2020 or not keeping, I can't remember now for yeah. the life of me. It was something about the designated hitter. and But the one that I really hate, that I can't stand, mm-hmm. is the overtime. Or <laughs> overtime. The extra innings mm-hmm. where you add a, a base runner on second base. What are you doing? Right. That's so artificial. That is really fake. What is that? Come on. Let the game be the game. If it takes five hours to get through 18 innings, well, I tell you what, I probably won't watch all five hours, but I'll certainly be interested in how that game turned out. I mean, if it, and if it happened on a Sunday, I've watched plenty 12-inning, 13-inning games. 
What's up? Bring it on. I'm here for it. Switch back and forth between that and NASCAR, right, Will? That's that's your Sunday morning. Mm, no. <laughs> are you are you happy Milwaukee's on this list? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. You want to elaborate? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking. If you asking that question makes me think. I wonder how, if there's going to be any fan giveaways. I doubt it. Probably not. Like bobbleheads or, or shirts or something. I still I doubt have my it. bobblehead from couple games i've been to yep because then you're handing it off to you know there's the swap of hand to hand right with the material or whatever and then that brings more fans how are you going to do it with the entrances that's that's another question are the lines going to be socially distanced there's going to be spots wait tell you what it's not our problem (laughs) (laughs) our problem we ain't getting in trouble for it on the tony g show no we're responsible here right well yes sir you're fired (laughs) That'll do it for this episode of the Tony G Show. Good episode it was. Yeah, fun one. Good episode it was. This is one I'll look back on and think, wow. Will this was is right. what I did the Tony oh. G Show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be it. Will I'll, be, right. I'll be 10 bucks richer a couple okay. months from now. Yeah, you... Not you, a couple, probably half a year. We're going to we're gonna revisit that for yeah. sure. Yeah, I look forward to it. You can just... You want to pay me now or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll pay you in advance. I tell you what. You can pay me now, and it'll accrue interest until you pay me. I don't know. That doesn't sound like a good deal. Yeah. All right. Whatever. (laughs) Thanks to Will McCormick. Thanks to Ben Farrell. Thanks to Tony G. Thanks to Tony G Nation. Episode number 97 in the books. Great episode that it was. We'll get back at it on Tuesday. What do you think, Will? Sounds good. All right. That'll do it for the Tony G Show, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you Tuesday. 